You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the work that you're doing in our lives, and we pray that we would uh, continue to walk in a manner worthy of that calling that you've called us. We thank you for your work in our church in 2020 and what you want to do in and through our lives uh, through 2021. In Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning. Good to be with you guys. Uh, uh, this morning, we have a great opportunity for you guys to hear one of our uh, church partners from Christ Culture Church. Pastor Tahan is here with his wife, Shante, and I'll invite him up in just a minute. But before I do, I want to share with you some of the uh, impact and just uh, how Christmas went at North Valley, those of you that might have missed it um, or uh, just anxious to hear. So we hosted four services. We actually did scale back from the year before. We hosted six, um, but we went online for the very first time, which was really cool. And um, as I understand, most churches saw about 10 to 30% of their attendance uh, show up for the services, and we saw about 50 to 60% of our uh, church attendance, so that was really good. Um, we had uh, a total of folks that were on campus. We had a, a several hundreds uh, in our campus, in our services, and then we uh, had a lot of folks online as well. So in total, we had more than 870-something folks be a part of the Christmas services, and many made decisions for Jesus Christ, and we're looking forward to seeing those folks get baptized in the new year. So thank you to your service. Thank you for giving. It's making a big difference. So let's celebrate that just for a moment. That's 2020. And if you miss the service, I'd encourage you... Um, We've got some great news coming, uh, just as I shared before, about all the work that's been done in 2020, uh, and so we're excited for all that's going to be happening in 2021. Um, next week, I'm kicking off a message series called One Hit Wonders. This is probably one of the most unique. It'll be one of the more challenging message series I've done. It's five different books of the Bible in five weeks, and each book of the Bible is one chapter. So it's short. Uh, but it's really, really cool. It's the shortest little books in your Bible, and uh, I'll take those five, and then I'm going to teach a series called One Hit Wonders, and there's five crucial truths that are really helpful for us, I think, in kind of going into the new year. So if you've never been through a whole book in the Bible, this is an easy one to go through. So you can tell your friends, I went through five books of the Bible, read it word for word, and it'll be great. Uh, so also with our new year coming up, uh, the December 31st is coming, and so we do have that matching gift still available. If you haven't yet already made uh, those contributions towards our year-end giving efforts, I want to encourage you to be in mind about, mindful of that. We want to end the, the, the 2020 strong and start strong as well in 2021. Perhaps no more important time in our nation's history for folks to be helping fuel and fund ministry and missions through the local church. And so I want to encourage you to be considerate of that and uh, looking forward to another strong year uh, in 2021. And so um, you can do that online. There's four different ways you can give here in our church. And so uh, be mindful about that. And then be looking for emails as too. We've got uh, baptism testimony videos in our emails that are coming out. If you haven't already seen them, they're really, really cool. But over the next few days, you'll get some highlights of folks that their life has been impacted by Jesus Christ, and they went public with their faith in the last probably a uh, few months. And so um, as we reopened the doors, we had record numbers of uh, baptisms in our church, and 
people going public with their faith. So that was really cool. So check your emails for that over the next week or so. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to do in 2021. All right, well, that's enough about that. Let's invite Pastor Tahana. Uh, give a big, warm North Valley welcome for Pastor Tahan. So he preached the first service, did a fantastic job. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, Tahan, you tell him a little bit about your church and what's going on. I'm going to get your, your stand over there, and we'll go from there. So thanks for being here, bud. Thank you for having me. How are you, North Valley? My name is, I know it's a different name, Tahan. TK is easy to remember. <laughs> Tahan King, our church is Christ Culture Church. We started in Tempe, Arizona. Now we're in Gilbert, Arizona, because that's where I live, and it was easier to have the church where I live. But, <laughs> but um, the mission and the vision of our church is one culture, the culture of Christ. God showed me that, you know, if we focus on the culture of Jesus Christ, we appreciate all our cultures, right? African-American, Asian, uh, or Caucasian, whatever. When we come together under the culture of Christ, his culture dominates, and then we can appreciate each and every one of everybody else's culture. And that's really the thrust of our ministry of multicultural intergenerational uh, church. That's the goal. That's the mission. And initially, the church kind of looks like me because I'm the face. <laughs> but I keep pushing multicultural, intergenerational. And I'm, I told them, we're going to keep saying it until we see it. <laughs> and so just to let them know. So I'm one of those straight talker guys, you know. I grew up in an urban context. I'm from Pasadena, California. Um, not the Rose Bowl section, not, not the Rose Parade section. <laughs> they don't show my section because it'll mess up the tourist money. But, <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm from. Uh, but the thing is, God, I was raised in church. I don't even tell this one, this joke, but I'm going to give you. I always say I'm a drug baby. I'm a drug baby because I was drugged to church, right? <laughs> my grandmother made sure that I got to church. It wasn't an option. I didn't even live at her house. And she would call my mom and say, where is he? So when I started getting in trouble as a teenager, as we usually do, it was always God still in the back of my mind. So, but today I'll talk to you about a message that God kind of inspired. It was a message that I preached in a series at our church. And the message was called 100% God. God, period. Not God with a comma. And through 2020, it, it's been clear that a lot of us as believers and just the world in general, we have God with a comma, the carry on. When God is saying, look, I'll fill in the sentences, but it's me, period. And so one of the messages that came forth out of this is the one I'll preach to you is called All of Me. But All of Me was ignited from the one I preached before that, and it was called Our Respondability. How do we respond in this crisis? How do we respond? And I use Job. And we know, for those that know the story of Job, crazy. Uh, yeah, people are like, I want to be like Job. No, I don't. You know, it's like, either, I don't know, you know, some people say, was well, it literal or is it fictional or is it just allegory on matter? Get the point, right? And so uh, the aspect was this, the, the time where Job says, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord take away. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. And he said he fell down and he worshiped. And when you look at that passage, even though that's not the passage we're going to read, but it's inspired this. As you look at those passages, and I'll let you in, this is the joke I told earlier. If I say something that's not proper English, I'll just say bonically speaking, and then you understand that it was slang, right? But, <laughs> but uh, when you look at that passage, 
you see it, and he says it wor- he worshiped. Well, Job didn't grab a guitar. Job didn't uh, sing a song. It said that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He fell down. He worshiped. At that moment, Job realized that all is God's. And that was his worship. When we can realize that everything is his, that's the most greatest worship we could give. Why? Because everything he needs from us, everything he wants from us, we're able to give it to him. Because we know that I'm just a manager. I'm not an owner. So if you will open your Bibles, look on your tablets, look on the screen, Romans 12, talking about the new and other mind process. It says, I appeal to you, brethren, Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Some translations are reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. Right? So Paul is saying we got to renew our mind. In order for us to say it's all God's, we must come to the realization that there's a mind renewal process that has to come forth. See, once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're saved, but our mind isn't renewed. It is the community piece. It is the prayer piece. It is the scriptural piece. It is the guidance of the Holy Spirit that helps start to renew our mind, right? So before I knew God, I would give a certain response. Now that I know God, I got to start thinking about my response, renewing of the mind. Before I knew God, if me and my wife had an argument, I'd just leave. Now, I can't, (laughs) right? Renewing of the mind process. If somebody cuts you off, I know we not saved all the time. Somebody cuts you off on the highway, before I was saved, I just go, let one fly off. If I let one fly off now, now I feel convicted. Renew another mind process. I'm just trying to paint a picture to show you this renew another mind process to make it practical. What he's telling them, they need to walk away from their rituals. They need to walk away from their belief systems and walk into God that he can renew your mind. Same way for us. We need to walk away from backgrounds that don't match up with God. We need to walk away from thinking that doesn't match up with God. We need to walk away from all our traditions that don't match up with God. And once we do that, it's a renewing of the mind process. But the only way we could do that is say, God, I'm just a manager. It's yours. And when I know I'm just a manager, now I have to console God. How do I deal with this marriage? How do I deal with, this, with, this, with these children? How do I deal with this manager on the job that's getting on my nerves? How do I deal with my fellow brother, sister that we don't see eye to eye at church? How do I deal with that? I have to go to him because he's the one that's teaching me how to manage this. And that's what's important here. So my Big idea. My big thought is when I think I belong to me, it's guaranteed I won't live my life totally for what it's designed for. When you think you own yourself, when you think you run it, you won't live up to what God designed you for. Look through your scriptures. Every scripture you read, when God has something for someone, he's trying to explain to them who they are and whose they are, and he has a direction for them to go. And when they want to go another direction, things don't work out right. We could go from the Old Testament to the New Testament. When they want to go another direction, it doesn't go out right. He gets Paul. Why are you kicking against the gourd? Why are you kicking against the prick? That's what he says to him. He gives him a revelation. I got something for you. Paul now accepts that, and now we have some of the greatest letters in the Bible, some of the biggest parts of the New Testament. Why? Because he now accepts that you run this God, and I'm going to give myself over to you. Some of you still have, some of us still haven't discovered some of the greatest things God has because it's areas of your life you just don't want to give them. 
I can't forgive that person, God. You know what they did to me. I love you, though, Jesus. And I'll love this person. And I'll do that with this person. But that one, no, I can't do that. But God says, you won't ever be able to receive the joy, the peace that you keep seeking until you do that. This is what we have to understand. And a lot of times what happens is we try to substitute sacrifice for lack of obedience. We don't want to be obedient to God, so we'll give him a sacrifice. What we do? Oh, I give bigger an offering at the church. Church don't know how they happy I gave a bigger offering. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. But it's not the God thing that he wants at that moment. The God, the thing, the church running, the, ch- the church is happy, but your life is still in the hamster wheel. You're still wondering why I'm praying and I don't get any peace. You're still wondering why it seems like I, I'm good when service is going, but soon as service is over and I go home, I'm back at the same spot. Why? Because it's something in our hearts, something in our lives that all of us have in certain areas, and only God can reveal that to you. Only God can reveal that we're unwilling, we're not willing to give. And once we're willing to give it, then things start coming to fruition the way that God designs it. So look, scripture, Romans 6, 12 through 13, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obedient, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments, instruments of righteousness. Our life has to be an instrument of righteousness, but in order for our life to be an in- instrument of righteousness, we have to give it all to God. And if we're unwilling to give it all to God, God can't get you to that next level in him. He can't get you to that next revelation in him. He can't get you to that next that next level of love in him, that next level of peace in him. He can't get you there because you're unwilling to go. And God is not trying to force you. He wants you to come willingly. Why? Because, hey, well, some of us have been forced. I was forced to go to church, but I still have to make a decision on my own to give myself all to God. Perfect example. I told this earlier. When I was a, I was a drug baby, I had to go to church, right? I grew up in a Baptist church, old school Baptist church, and my uh, pastor's wife, her, bro- her brother, had the church across the street, and he was a Pentecostal preacher, and they would do revivals at our church sometime. So, you know, I don't want to go to church, man. I was a teenager. I had to go. And they would do these prayer lines. You know, they yelling and stuff. I just want to go home, you know? <laughs> and so they do these prayer lines. And so in the prayer lines, he, one day he said, get all the kids, get all the kids, you know? I'm like, is this going to help us go home sooner? And so we get in line, and he starts praying, praying. Then he gets to me, and he prayed for me. He said, you know what? You're going to be a man of God. The Lord told me to tell you that. I said, man, yeah, right, I'm going to the NFL. I said, I'm going to the NFL. And he was like, okay. I'm telling you what God told me. Well, guess what? Look what happened. Who won? God wins. But it only happened when I was willing to give all to God. I was sharing to share with, I didn't share in the first service, but I was sharing out there at, at the coffee there. When I messed up my own scholarship by taking in all the benefits before really getting there, right? And I messed up my own, my own scholarship in my town, our neighborhood, our hood, our, it's very small because so, Pasadena is a nice suburb for the most part, right? And so when you play sports and your name gets in the paper and people start knowing who you are, then you show up at the local, it's Hughes Market area, but like Basha, 
is here, right? You show up at the local bachelor's bagging groceries, and then people walk in and be like, hey, man, I thought you was at San Diego State. I thought you was over here. I thought you was over there. And I literally would be in the grocery aisle doing go-backs. Anybody ever work in a grocery store and they say you got to do go-backs? I would literally be in the grocery aisle at night crying, crying, thinking I ruined my life. But all I needed to know was I needed to give myself over to God totally that he can show me what that man told me when I was in junior high. Then when he showed me, I still didn't want to do it. When he showed me, I, 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 I didn't even, thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't even, I used to do Christian rap to avoid preaching. I would say, this message is in these raps. <laughs> so, I would, <laughs> so I would do throw events for the kids at the youth minister. I would call people in. I would mix it up with praise and worship, and, and these events would go real big, and I would do all these things, but I still didn't want to do. And people would give us all, give you all these accolades. They'll be like, oh, you're really a great man of God, but inside I knew I was still running from something. I still didn't want to do that. Why? Because I always had the blessing and the curse to be the man next to the man. As a pastor sat and he was the hero one week, I seen him be the enemy the next week. When I see him running and sacrificing and doing all these things and then people didn't appreciate that, I sat there like Joshua in the corner watching Moses go through a process and said, I don't want to do that. And I sat there and I didn't want to do that. And then I moved from California, Arizona, and I become the man next to the man again. And now I'm watching him go through the same thing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that until one day I was sitting in my cubicle. Mortgage, I work in the mortgage industry. I'm sitting in my cubicle and it just, I'm listening to worship music. Said Christ Culture Church, multicultural intergenerational church. Christ Culture Church, multicultural intergenerational church. And I was like, mm mm. What am I saying? I'm saying until you give yourself over to God, you will never walk into the fullness of what He wants you to walk into. We're experienced, look. Christmas just passed. If I handed you a gift right now, and you have the great, you know, some people rap real good. My mom, she's an excellent gift rapper. It looks like you don't even want to open it. So you walk around with the gift. We have the gift of Christ. You didn't have that gift before, so you're in a much better place. You're on your way to heaven. You have this gift, but you keep walking around and say, I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. And you never stop to open the gift up to see what's inside of the box. It looks good. The box looks good. The gift looks good. You're in a better place than you were before. But everything that's inside, you got to open it up and give all to it that he can open it up in you. That's what's important. Look at this. The thought is this. If you don't give yourself over to God, you won't know who you really are. If I handed you a hammer and I said, here, this is a hammer. And you've never seen a hammer. You never used a hammer before. And Christmas just passed. And like my favorite, one of my favorite things at Christmas is with the, with the dressing and the stuffing and the turkey is cranberry sauce. So if I take that hammer and I just start banging that can to get the cranberry sauce out, and I, I'll eventually get it open. I'll figure out how to get it open. But I exhausted so much energy. I exhausted so much thing that I didn't have to exhaust. And someone walks in the room and they say, hey, that's a hammer. What are you doing? I'm trying to get this can open. This is called a can opener. Just open it. This is what some of our lives look like. And when we come into community and when we come into church, we've been banging and banging and banging and banging and banging trying to get peace. Banging and banging and banging trying to get joy. Banging and banging and banging trying to get the fruits of the spirit. But all that comes, somebody say, right there is where you're avoiding God. Right there is where you're going on that hamster wheel. Right there. And if you do that, it'll make your life easier. Oh, yeah. Now you eat the cranberry sauce with the can opener. And somebody's like, oh, I wish they would have told me that. 
Well, God's been trying to explain that to you through this whole process. So in this thought, there's people. We all have been here in different ways. There is those that understand that they're stewards, and then there's those that think they're owners. If I think I own my life, you have the first category of people is a self-absorbed owner. The self-absorbed owner says 100% is mine, and my stuff is mine. I do what I want to do with me, and I do what I want to do with my stuff. That's what the first one is, the self-absorbed owner, right? That owner, you can't get nothing to them and nothing through them unless they decide totally, right? Then there's the obligated owner, uh, the person that feels 100% is mine and my stuff is mine, but I feel obligated to do something. I'll give a little time at the church or I'll... I'll take my wife out this time, or I'll do this. I feel obligated. I better do something, right? And then there is the obedient owner that feels 90% of my life is mine, 10% of my life is God's, 10% of my stuff is uh, God's, and 90% of my life is mine. That's where most of us are, and that's a good thing, but we got to go to another level. We got to get to the love-inspired steward that understands I just steward this life. I just steward this marriage. I just steward these kids. I just steward this worship. I just steward these relationships. And God shows me how to do it. That's where we have to be. Because once we get to that point, now we can go to the level that God wants us to get to. And that's when we're giving all ourselves over to God. And when I give myself all over to God, God directs my step. He orders my steps and he guides me. And so when I look in the scripture and I see people that was so good but so terrible like David. And I'll say, he was so good, but so terrible at the same time. But when I look at it, I'll say, but in most of those moments, he understood that it was all God's. See, we're not perfect. No way am I saying we're going to live perfect. No way am I saying we're going to, because that's why Jesus died, to cover us from our faults, to cover us from our sins. But I desire to be committed to him. I desire to yield to his will that I could be that love-inspired steward. That love-inspired steward is the one that says, God, what do you want me to do with this? Oh, I'll do that. God, where do I need to go with this? I'll do that. Why? Because it's yours, God. And I, once I know it's yours, we're all good. We're okay, right? That's all good. I mean, we're okay. <laughs> but three things I want you to see. In order to give all to God, we have to have a life of mercy. A life of mercy. The mercy that I receive is a mercy I want to display to other people. When I do that, it shows that God moves in, is moving in my life. So if I could show a life of mercy, meaning that I received grace, I received mercy. Why? Because my life wasn't perfect. My life was far from perfect. I don't have the uh, storybook beginning, but I got the storybook ending. Why? Because I made a decision to follow God. Oh, I got the story all the other people got. Yeah, my dad left when I was six. Yep. My mom was on crack cocaine, yep. But guess who's a member of my church now who's been off crack cocaine for over 20 years? My mother. All because of a decision. Guess who calls and checks in on their grandkids and we have conversations with the father that I didn't want to forgive? All because I decided to give myself all over to God. And so I'm not speaking for someone that hasn't lived this thing. I'm not speaking for someone that didn't want to give itself to be a minister, that didn't want to forgive a person that I felt didn't uh, need to be forgiven, who did, that didn't see prayer come through when it was time for prayer to come through. I'm speaking for someone that's been there, that's lived that, and still going through it in other areas. And I'm like, God, show me where else. I'll give it to you. It don't mean it's going to happen overnight, God, but I'm going to keep working at it, <laughs> right? 
So when I, destroy, when I display a life of mercy and a life of grace to others that I've received, they now know that they could come to Christ that way. You're not too far gone. You're not too far removed. Why? Because God showed me grace and he showed me mercy. The second thing, a life of worship. Not the worship if you can't sing, but the worship of your life. The song of your heart. The song that comes forth by the way you worship God. The song that comes forth by the way you greet people, by the way you smile, by the way they just see the Jesus in your life. They see the spirit in your life. Why? Because you're grateful for what he's done for you. You may, didn't, you may not have to have the story, meaning that my parents was good and they kept me with God and I stayed with God. That is a testimony alone, right? These are the things. When we show this, we get results. My manager, one of my past managers, I have to realize this was on camera, um, one of my past managers, I work in the mortgage industry, lived an alternative lifestyle, right? Knew where I stood with the alternative lifestyle. We had many conversations, not from a judgmental piece, but just a conversation. They wanted to conversate with me and see what my stance was. The response I gave him was a biblical stance, but I did it out of love. So when I decided to do, when I decided to have my church plant in the first service, guess who surprisingly walked through the door? Her and her wife. And I was like, hmm, of course, they didn't stay. I mean, they stayed for that service, though. But they wanted just to come and say, I appreciate you. That moment I realized a life of mercy, a life of worship can give God a window into somebody's life to cause change. I may not be the one that sees the change, but I may be help ignite that change that God could keep moving forward. And then a life of sacrifice. This thing, I want to let you guys know a secret. Do you know how much sacrifice your pastor does? It's a life of sacrifice. The family, me and my wife recorded a year-end video last night, and she wanted to make sure she took a moment to give me accolades of how to pastor during the pandemic. And she got emotional, and I was strong. But I told her, I said, I thank you, because I don't know what it is to live on the other side of me. Not from an arrogant point but from another side of me, when you don't feel like sacrificing, we got to sacrifice. We don't feel like being forgiving, you got to be forgiving. We don't feel like being understanding, you got to be understanding. And you're my wife, you want to stick and defend me, and you want to do, but you're willing to do it because I'm living, I'm laying down my life, so now you're laying down your life too. Do you know this life of sacrifice is a major thing that other people can get results from that life of sacrifice? Because I'm not doing it for them, I'm doing it for him. Why? Because he showed me so much mercy. He's shown me so much grace. So you, if he's shown you so much mercy, and if he's shown you so much grace, you got to be willing to give this life of sacrifice. You got to be given this life of grace. You got to be willing to give this life of worship. Why? Because the reason we are able to read in these scriptures and gain what God does is because these people have done it. And because they've done it, we can do it too. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. 2020, what a year. Racial tension, crazy political climates, pandemics, economic crisis, kids not in school, they go back to school, they online. It just, you can't get footing. You got to keep pivoting. That's the word. You got to just keep pivoting. You can't get any footing. And now, you know, you hope, your hope, you hope that 2021 is going to be a better year, but we don't know how well the vaccine is going to work. We don't know if the economy, if the rates is going to shoot up with a new president. I work in mortgage. I'm always worried about that. So is the rates going to go up and the housing going to go down? I can't, that can't happen, right? We don't know what's going to happen. But one thing we do know for sure that God and Jesus is still Jesus and you're his.
And the same way you were able to make it through 2020 is the same way you will make it through 2021. But you have to be willing to give it to them all. You have to, be say, you have to say, God, show me in my life where I need to step up more for you and give the results that you want. I want to encourage you. And this year, if you took on a lot of fear, don't take it in the next year. If you took on a lot of doubt, don't take it in the next year. If you took on a lot of tent, like just uh, argument, don't take the argument, arguments into next year. I need you to walk in the next year 100% God, God period. It's his agenda, his agenda alone, and that's what I'm keeping. That's what you want. That's where you need to go. Because this renewing of the mind process starts when you understand that. He owns it all, and I'm just his manager. He runs it all, and I'm just the one here to do what he asks of me. That is when you get the results that you've been praying for. When you see loved ones change, when you see your life change, when you see your marriage get stronger, when you see your kids grow up in Christ and they're working in the church because you've been living this life of sacrifice, you've been living this life of mercy, you've been living this life of worship. That's when you get those results, but you have to be willing to give all of it. How are we responding in the crisis? How are we responding when it doesn't go the way we want it to go? Respond like Job. It's all his. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you right now, Father. We thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for guiding us. We thank you for keeping us, Lord. Lord, we want to give it all to you, Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Saul didn't understand that. He was stripped. He tried to sacrifice where he didn't want to be obedient. Lord, we want to be obedient, Father. Let our sacrifice be out of obedience right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Let your will be done in our lives right now, Lord. Lord, we come to lift up your name. We come to glorify you today right now, Father. We pray for loved ones that's been afflicted and affected by COVID-19, job loss, marriage tension, Lord, anxiety, depression on an all-time high. Let them lean in on you, God, and understand that this mind must be renewed in you. You own it. This anxious feeling that I feel, God, if it's, if it's just situational, Lord, Lord, let me give you the situation. We come before you, glorifying you. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's heard this, that they are searching their heart right now and it's touching them to say, God, where am I lacking? Where do I need to press in more for you? Not for performance sake, but just for worship's sake. Let my worship be, let my performance be a result of my worship, not try to perform to make it seem like I'm worshiping. We love you, Lord. Bless this congregation at North Valley, Lord. Bless Pastor Ryan and the staff. Let them continue to live this life of mercy, this life of worship, and this life of sacrifice, Lord. Let them continue to build the kingdom of God that others can be saved and be led to Jesus right now in the name of Jesus, that they can continue on the renewing of the mind process. Lord, we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.